when you're going to lose your mind in Detroit Rock City. It's That's So MLS, a North American soccer podcast uh, with myself, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Hello. Coming, coming to you uh, the same day that, uh, we're not coming to you, but we are recording the same day that some U.S. Open Cup games have happened. Um, and I don't always watch the U.S. Open Cup, but when um, when Columbus loses to uh, a new now team. I get it. Now I get it. <laughs> this is yeah. This is uh, this is from the Columbus Detroit City game. I um, believe in which the only MLS team to lose their Open Cup game to lower opponents, not lesser, just lower. Uh, That's right. It's <laughs> Columbus. After um, after a, a a penalty in the 84th minute by Josh Williams, where Oops. you look at the footage, he, he's like, like maybe you could kind of forgive it as like a well, if he doesn't take that foul, there's going to be a penalty. There's going to be a goal anyways. But he's like, like he's got his back to goal. He's behind the player who's receiving the ball, and he just hauls him over with a grab of the shoulder. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. I think we have a shoulder grab elsewhere in our MLS notes, so we'll... I think we we'll, do, too. That's right, yeah. We'll, we'll be able to compare shoulder grab notes here. Tis the season. It's just fun. It's fun to uh, um, to, to see these sorts of things, and I know that um, the Detroit City as a, as a Nisa club is well-supported. Um, they will dine out on this one for some time, I believe. Oh, I'm sure they will. And more power to them for it. Um, yeah, and I'm just like, it's just good to have the Open Cup back, you know? I know it's not, pe- people always sort of, I feel like people missed it and wanted it. <laughs> and then people immediately started talking shit about it again. But I'm glad it's here. I feel like um, the U.S. Open Cup's primary fo- primary like reason for existence is talking shit. Yeah, exactly. Just its mere existence gives people something to to gab about. And then as soon as you take it away, they're like, hey, I was watching that. I would say turn it off. I was complaining about that. Bring it back. Bring it back. Here it is. It's back. (laughs) It's happening. And uh, Columbus will probably be talking some shit about it. But it's been a minute since we've talked and there's been a a lot of a lot of action. Uh, That's right. Some really good goals. There was that the the two weeks ago. There was like in two different goals, two different games, like a long, a long haul thirty five yard stunner. Yeah, one of them from uh, Toronto's Nelson, and the other one from uh, Dallas's Brandon Servania. That's right. Yeah. No, Nelson's certainly come alive. Um, <laughs> I just. Yeah, man, some of the the youth talent just like makes me shake my head a bit. Where I'm just like, it's just a bit scary how good some of these kids are. Do you know what my Do you know what my big thing that I'm I'm curious about? Because I I heard about this. You know, I done I did some of my research after I heard about this. Um, the big I feel like the big, you know, earth shaking moment of the week is definitely um, Matias Almeida, um, being. Fired? The, the earth shaking moment of the week. Being yeeted. Oh, that that was not intended. That I, was not I, intentional. Really, I, I was like, I don't even think you meant to do that, but uh, yes. There's the been earth a shake up at the quake up. Yeah, this the earth is shaking. Um the the San Jose is quaking because 
Uh, Matias Almeida is out as head coach. They have parted ways. Ah, uh, yes. They have parted ways. Um, two, two, two paths diverged in the forest. Um, <laughs> if you if you believe it, if you can believe it, and I would almost be surprised. You know, I guess my number one thing is is. Do you think that this is as much how things have gone specifically this season? Or do you think it is just a, based on the fact, and I mean, I know that they're not, they're not high in the table, but, um, or, or specifically that they are, they are, they're currently last in the West, um, and haven't really shown as much of a, a improvement as you would have wanted. Cause I think there have been worse San Jose sides than the ones we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pretend that I have any insight into the earthquakes ownership's mind about, or, you know, their top brass and what they're thinking. Cause I don't think any of us really know, <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't know for me, it's like any coach is ultimately going to be judged by results. And Almeida had some interesting ideas and sometimes they worked, but like as a whole, that's a very expensive underperforming coach. And it, to yeah. me, the insane thing is, you know, when we were wrapping up last season, we were talking about how many coaches had been fired. I think we got up to 13, um, if memory serves. Was it that high? That seems like a lot. Maybe it was eight. It was, it was a lot. We oh, all yeah, know. We talked about it. It was a like lot a of third coaches. of the league. Yeah, right. It was like if you started coaching, if you were a coach at the beginning of last season's MLS season you had like a 33 percent chance of getting fired or something or not being there at the end of the season and to me it's crazy that Almeida made it through all of that but I think there was kind of enough that we, you could see some improvement and and you know Almeida brought in some great players and I think was able to maybe start to shift the way that people thought about the earthquakes but the results were never really there like when they were it was like though this is why they've been hugging the bottom of the table with the white caps is it's they're to me very similar teams that it's not that they're bad it's that they're not particularly good and they're not better than most teams in mls so mm -hmm. they're just not able to quite push it across the line you know it, it's it, it is interesting coming off of a point in nashville um or was it in Nashville? A, a point against Nashville. Um, yeah, there was. The, so that was the the biggest thing that that was surprising to me is that you know we have seen in past seasons like the earthquakes get hit for like six like mm -hmm. weeks and weeks and weeks in a row, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, never. I guess I never predicted that after all of that that it would be a two two draw at home. Yeah, um, <laughs> against Nashville. But I guess you see the story here. Um, I have the MLSsoccer.com story uh, that suggests the GM uh, Leach uh, says, essentially, the uh, Chris Leach said that we were trying to find uh, the results weren't there, and quote, I was focused on trying to improve the quality of the roster and gave Matias different give Matias different tools with the hope this year. Uh, was different than years past. From both perspectives, we felt the results weren't coming. And like, I guess that kind of makes sense a little bit. Is it? Would you say that you you have felt that this year's roster is like significantly different? Because I think a lot of the key 
earthquakes would have performed well are the ones that have performed well before. Yeah, I mean, I think Abobasi has been okay, and and certainly in this oh, game, that's like, true, yeah. he he gets the brace. He has a stunning free kick, but again, like a couple of fantastic individual performances don't a winning team make. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've four draws and three losses, or sorry, four losses and three draws, seven points at the beginning of the season, same as Vancouver. Um the worst goal difference in MLS, I believe. 17 oh, goals. No. Yeah. Worst goal difference. What? Worst goals against. And so... Oh, goals against. Yeah. I was like, they're like minus six. That's that's distressingly... That's distressingly average. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, the, the goals against are bad. And, and I guess if you're asking about is there a difference, I'd say, well, no, not really. Because San Jose has always been able to score some goals. Like, yes, they get blanked, but often they do score. It's just that defensively, it, they're just kind of like butter. I mean, I, I don't know if you can necessarily judge from the Nashville game because Mukhtar basically just runs through their lines twice, and, like, that's something that he does against lots of teams. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm honestly just amazed, like most people, that Almeida lasted this long with such underperforming statistics, but I think it was his soccer pedigree and his ideas that were sort of keeping the energy going. Um, I, I guess my question is like, does this have a spillover effect to somebody like Vanny Sartini, who certainly has probably got a lot more patience with his bosses left, but I wonder how quickly that patience will wear out and people, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know if it really affects things, if other clubs look at that kind of thing a lot. But um, I think, again, for a basically a DP coach, I, I thought Almeida underperformed significantly and for a good long stretch. Uh, I didn't dislike the guy, and I, I, I got what he was trying to do, but we all know how it worked out, and the answer is not great. The one thing uh, before I answer that question and, and sort of move a little bit to the some of the Whitecaps results, um, I wanted to ask. So, the, so you are correct. Um, San Jose have the worst goals against in the league. What position in the table do you think the second in in their conference? Do you think the team with the second worst goals against in the league? Uh, is I'm not. I'm not looking at it, but I feel like it's probably Montreal. Or Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is what, maybe like eighth or seventh. It is Montreal, and they're sixth. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> in the East, they are sixth with uh, with sixteen against and thirteen four. That'll 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 do it, I guess. Oh yeah, Cincinnati to, is twelfth. <laughs> get you to three wins, three losses, and a draw. Um, I was going to say that. I I think that maybe this is not as, as challenging as it has been in past years. We have certainly looked at Vancouver um, and seen teams above Vancouver get their their coaches fired and wonder, okay, well, so what what's the what's going to happen now in terms of that? And and the one thing that I would say about San Jose compared to say last year's is coaches carousel um, mm-hmm. is that no one. No one in the league is in the position that San Jose is in in terms of not having won a game. Yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there isn't 
there is as much as they have gotten some points, um, there really aren't anybody. It's not like there are a couple of people rattling around down there. And I guess Vancouver at four. Everybody else is at six or eight. Um, Vancouver is, I guess, right next onto it. And you have the you have the right you have the right I guess question. But I think that compared to past years, you know, DC's not going to do it right now. Um, I don't know when Miami will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Yeah, maybe it's it's not it's really not an answerable question. I guess it's just more of like a maybe that'll you, be a thing. But um, you had been asking you had been asking last you know in the off season about Vermees and this yeah. I don't I haven't heard strong you know dissension about Vermees, but uh, given the point that you make, um, I think that it would behoove. Uh, but he's certainly hoping to um, have Kansas City pop up at the table before anybody notices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm sure. Like, maybe <laughs> the real observation here is maybe maybe Peter Vermees is uh, spending a few extra minutes with the foot game time footage from the last couple of weeks than he might otherwise be. The last thing I wanted to say about San Jose though is that I do feel like Almeida really did put some good thought into the players that he brought in and certainly in terms of the mentality and the quality that he was bringing in shifted. And so ironically, I think San Jose could, whoever they get maybe next or as their interim coach could experience a bit of the like Sartini effect from last season that we saw with the Whitecaps where, you know, the person taking over is actually going to be inheriting a pretty decent squad. And if you retool it in the right way, um, and and even like get them to defend slightly better, then you could end up with a side that that does start to challenge because it's you know, we do talk about San Jose pretty derisively often across the league, but like they've got Jeremy Abobasi, like they've got a a good squad, they've brought in high quality players, they have scored eleven goals, which is better than a lot of teams in the West. So, Kate Cowell's thing great. Is, you know, a new coach with a slightly retooled approach, you could have a fairly decent San Jose side that ultimately was kind of what Almeida built. But of course it's not just about bringing in players. Yeah. That's the thing about the, the, the Sartini effect, as you, as you put it, is that like, you know, there have been people lining up to try and take credit for that last run from Vancouver, from Dos Santos. He had all of the pieces and and I don't necessarily I do kind of credit the past coach, but it's like the the idea is well if we order all of these differently, is it possible that, that there will be some some success with it? The defense is just not there. That that um, that Quintero um, goal from the Houston San Jose game, mm, yeah, bad. Where yeah. it's like you know, Marchinkowski uh, fumbles the ball, game, right? yeah, yeah, fumbles the ball and it falls back to him. Bad, um, and and that's been that's just been what the problem has been is that like you said, they have they have players that can go forward. They're not suffering in the post Chris Wondolowski era. They're they're not necessarily suffering with moving the ball up the pitch, and they're not suffering with 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 getting an attack going. Mm. Um, it's just that the, the defensive end of it is just total chaos. (laughs) Yeah, no. And, and it just, it's, it always seems after the fact 
and and just so casual <laughs> in a way that it just doesn't make a lot of sense against any team. You had you had talked about um, you you had mentioned Mr. Sartini, so let's let's get into a little bit about of, of what's going going on with Vancouver. Let's um, get into it. I think that the the tough thing about rating him, and this is why I didn't necessarily say like whether or not you know they're they're going to you know go for it or not. Um, the vibes, it's just it's just it's simply wild how how badly the vibes got so fast <laughs> because every everything was going so well and you had <laughs> you had uh, um. As per Ed Broadbent's character in Moulin Rouge, and you, uh, you had, we we had talked about, you know, in the off season, it's like, well, what sort of additions do you particularly need? You're getting Pedro V. It's all going to be good, and then your starting goalkeeper drops out. Um, we still have had very little uh, time with Ryan Gold and, and Brian White together, and, and now there is a slight furor about. Um, what's been going on with Ryan Gold and concussions? Mm. Who um, apparently he got a concussion in the preseason. Um, he was in. I didn't quite see it, but I, I I hear he went out of of Montreal with the Montreal game with a concussion. I think so. Yeah. Um, either, or he got one, and people were concerned about it. Um, the and they had to sort of clarify that like. You know, yes, he got one, but it didn't mean that he had post-concussion syndrome because we we did everything, we did all the needful that we would have had to done to justify having him out here before we before we did that. Um, so that situation has gone poorly. Um, it's just been it's just been a real mess. That the the Houston game, um, or no, not Houston, but the what's the week? What was the week six? The uh, Portland game. Yes, the Portland game. Um, the 3-2 unfortunately, loss at home in the Cascadia Cup clash. Unfortunately, that... Um, now, that was the one where there was a... The, you have the you have the, the goal scored by Dahomey, and they immediately come back and get it right afterwards. They, they immediately reply right afterwards. Vancouver... I think gets a penalty and misses a penalty, I believe. And then, uh, and then eventually gets one and leaving you think like, well, what if, what if that would have, what if that would have come off? I don't, my understanding was that the, the effort from the rest of the game didn't really like presage a Vancouver draw in any particular way. Like, no. And, and I, I feel like that's been, the story this season it's not that there's not a fight there it's just that the fight comes too late you know they give up a penalty Espria scores Niazgoda scores it you're two nil at home against your rivals like great you can fight back Dahomey scores in the 76th minute and then Ryan Gold gets a penalty very late um oh sorry and then Chara scored on the 78th minute then Gold gets the the late late PK, but again, it's like it's too little, too late, and I just I'm running out of things to say about the Whitecaps. Like, they can play twenty to thirty minutes of good soccer, but there's constantly bad giveaways. You know, I think overall Sebastian Berhalter's been great, but in the Montreal game, he gives up a bad one. 
the 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 formation does not work and it certainly doesn't work with the personnel they have you know i think uh, i get wanting to throw your fullback slash wingers forward and and give your side that attacking advantage but when it leaves you so open they're often playing against teams that are set up in a different formation and so they've got like extra numbers back so it means vancouver can still be dangerous on the counter but they've got to watch so carefully for the counter themselves and you find players like Dahomey and Gutierrez and Brown so far forward uh, in the attack that they're basically taken completely out of the equation because they just have to cover so much ground and even though they're quick all you really need to do is make that break work once or twice and especially the the slow starts like giving up early goals um, they didn't against Portland, but that was just, Montreal. That, that was they Mont- did. They did exactly what you just said. Like, like just get in with that break, and and you can you can catch them before people are able to track back. Mihailovic on the first minute has so much room to be able to do that. Yeah, and and like and people are like, well, you know, Brown's got to have that. I'm like, well, Brown's so far fucking forward. <laughs> In the attack, that's where he's supposed to be. That's why I don't like the formation. It's not, it's not just the players. Like, you can call certain players at fault, and, and I think that defensively, you know, a player like Veselinovic is you just don't quite know which version of your him you're going to get week to week. But it it's not just those things, right? Like, it again, it's the midfield giveaways that create the chance in the first place. Um, yeah, it just... It always seems like the only positive for the Whitecaps is like, well, yeah, but they like really fought back. <laughs> that's the that's the ultimate but, like moral victory defeat in the Montreal game. Yeah, and I guess that's something to cling to. And and certainly, you know, the I understand the players on the pitch are trying to win the game or are trying to draw level, and like that's great, but you're not going to be a playoff team or better if you can't actually win games or take control of them. And I have not really seen Vancouver like firmly take control of a game for 90 minutes like no. in a long time. We talked about that with Sartini last season as well, that, you know, there were some great results, <laughs> But there were still a lot of things that felt like they weren't in place. And also games where, you know, traditionally good, strong teams just either underestimated us or just couldn't seem to find the back of the net to save their lives. And here we are. You know, I I will say the Montreal game, as bad as that start is, they, you know, Brian White is able to get on the board and gets one back. We love to see it. You love to see it. Brian White scoring goals is always a positive. I'm always happy about that. And then to St. Ricketts nearly draws level, but he's like <laughs> pretty offside. As mu- okay, so first of all, um, it's almost as though we should be playing a little bit more. How about that? Um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, you're right. It's pretty, by VAR standards, I have no problem with calling it offside. Although I could talk myself into it's not clear and obvious because of the 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 players moving in opposite directions and also the angle of the camera. I yeah. wonder if we had a, a better positioned camera, if it may have been looked different. And I will also permit myself 
the saltiness, even though, of course, it, of course he's on side. Yeah, <laughs> of no, course I, he's on side. But, 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 but it's an admirable, it's admirable of you to, to try, because we love to St. Ricketts here, and we love it one, to St. Ricketts goal, so. <laughs> one know, more. I, I also really don't want it to be offside. One more. Um, I kind of wonder if you look at this one, and you look at the uh, the Carranza goal from Toronto Philadelphia that uh, that is ruled onside. They're not too dissimilar, you know. There actually, yeah, that's moving. a good point because I, I, when we were talking, when we first started talking about this goal, I was like, there was another one that I was like, oh well, yeah, that's offside, and then they var it, and they're like, no, it's all good. I feel like that... No, that was a different game. I was like, maybe a defender attempted to play the ball, but that was a different game. You're right. That, they're, very, they're very similar goals, and I still think to St. Ricketts is a little bit more offside than Carranza was. But yeah, yeah, it's just... it's just yeah. The point it, is, uh, your your argument is about clear and obvious, and I, I, I couldn't tell you what that means anymore. And, and by, by like the standards of, like, European VAR where it's like an elbow will do it. It's like, oh yeah, his yeah. whole, his whole like, you know, but you could do freeze frames where it, it looks at the angle that it's at, like his whole like right side of his body is offside. So you can't really, you can't really argue with that too much. But ultimately going back to this issue about late fightbacks, it's like you can't pin your hopes on it. You can't pin your hopes on that. And then, and then your takeaway at the end of the game is, is, Oh, well, we could have drawn. Yeah, and you still lost both games and gave up five goals, like, <laughs> across those two games. It's not good. No. It's not good, friends. Do um, we want to talk about the Toronto, that, that, uh... Yeah, yeah, Toronto no, we, while, we, while we touched on it, let's let's go over to uh, Philadelphia, where, where, or was it in Toronto? I'm sorry. I think that was in Toronto. I think it I think was, that was in Toronto. After um, after but it they was Philly's first loss, I think. I think that's the thing I have in my head. Yes, that's the that's the thing. Toronto had, uh, I believe, um, they come off that two two draw in Salt Lake the week previous. Yeah. Um, with the Nelson Galazzo, and 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 then they came in and and had this real scrapper of a match at Beaumont Field against Philadelphia. Um, I thought yeah, it was a that... good one. The you had uh, this is the one where um, there's the question you know where I wonder maybe maybe self servingly was was Carranza not basically as offside as to St Ricketts um, there was a question of whether or not Jade Nelson should have been sent off mm. early on with his coming in with his studs up um, the uh, um. On Easter weekend, Jonathan Osario finds Jesus. Yeah, with a pass, even as uh, with a pass. Um, That's good, such good play from him too. That was really good. He, I, I think that of the of the various, you know, obviously Nelson has been really good too. But, um, but I'm I find myself really impressed with Jesus Jimenez. Absolutely, I I can't profess to like know a single thing about the guy, but this was a game where I was like, okay, noted for the future. I got to learn more about him because the quality is there in this. Um, it's a great effort, um, really unselfish from Osorio, who's able to just sort of get through the defenders, and then it's just this beautiful curling shot past Blake. Um, 
It was a, a real good one. Philadelphia score, but dun 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 Carenza is probably offside and uh in standing in front of the um it's standing in front of the keeper, so it's it's yeah. called off. There's three Philly players very offside, but only one of them attempts to play the ball, which means that Wagner's goal has to come back. And like that second goal so so the note I have that I made here when I saw that is that it was extremely offside. And we may you know, find it in ourselves to complain. There are some people among us, not not you or I, of course, but <laughs> that, us fans that complain. Um, you know, if if one VAR call is made against you, that means that VAR is the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, we should we should cast it out of the game because the goals are perfectly fine. We don't talk. We don't talk enough about like absolute horror show goals that mm-hmm. are clear to everyone in attendance and the millions watching at home. Um, that may be an ex- exaggeration, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that, that, that I, I just think that this was a particularly, um, solid bar call. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's one that like watching it, I'm like, why are they varring it? And then you see the var and you're like, Oh, because there's three players very offside, and one of them is screening Bono and also attempts to play the ball. You can't do that. No. Um, I, you know, talked a lot of trash about Pozuelo over the last season, or especially this season, and this goal from him that gets them the win. So good. Everything that you want to see from your top player, it's everything that you know Pozuelo can do. I love the positive play from him in the last few matches, but in this one particularly, he just, there's not a lot of ways to score against Philadelphia, but this is one of them. And um, I think there was another player that, I think it was probably Mukhtar I was thinking of, that is unafraid to just take on defenders. And you just don't see it enough in an MLS where the direct play can get you results. And Pozuelo just comes through with you know the softest of touches but very deftly is able to get past them and then he basically just passes it into the net because he he just sees that he sees the little window but sort of between defender legs and and scores for a big win so he's dribbling around he's dribbling around four guys at that point that's wild yeah yeah it's 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 a very good goal um it's a massive three points for toronto um, and things finally sort of kicking into gear for them in the, the Greg Vanny era. They're now back or, up. Sorry, the, the post Greg Vanny era. I mean, they're the they're Bob uh, the Bob Bradley. Uh, the Bob Bradley era. That's right. Philadelphia, um, who which has gotten off to a great start, um, gets its first loss. That'll happen. That'll happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they're still they're still top of the table, and they've only given up four goals. And two of them were against Toronto. So, um, yeah, I don't think they'll be too shooketh by this one. My layman uh, non-goalkeeper perspective, there's like a there's like a high ball that um, Bono catches while he's standing on the line. And I just, from my punter's perspective, I can't imagine, like, the stress of trying to do that and not fall backwards into the goal. <laughs> I can't say I've had it happen to me many times, but... 
I mean, most of the experience of being a goalkeeper is very stressful. (laughs) You can do a lot of things right and still have it end poorly if you're not very sure of yourself. But yeah, it's those really high ones that come down so close to the crossbar are just, they're a nightmare. Not fun. No. Um, We kind of went over Montreal, which had the... um... They also got the win over New York away. Um, Red Bulls. That's right. Yeah. Um, they've been doing. They've been doing pretty good, as as noted with the fact that they, their things are all over the place. The Red Bulls game also had that amazing um, Rudy Camacho goal. Yeah. Where Camacho, Camacho, just basically you you sent this to me as soon as it happened. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That like, like he essentially like robbed. I don't the think goalkeeper. he'd scoop the ball out of the back of the net yet when I sent it to you. <laughs> that uh, essentially robbed the goalkeeper is like it was just one of those like one of those plays that you see only every once in a blue moon where for some reason the goalkeeper is the the defender is playing back to the goalkeeper when the goalkeeper is like forty yards out of goal. Yeah, um, Camacho inter- intercepts it. Runs it all the way in. You love to see it. You love to see it. Montreal now sitting right behind Toronto in six. And like, that's kind of like not, I wouldn't necessarily say that's an indictment on, on Montreal, but I mean, like I would say that Montreal was bad and, and or that Toronto was bad. and is getting better And Montreal has been sort of the same jaggedy, the same amount, the same time. Yeah. So no, it'll I, be I think that's fair. Montreal has been very up and down, but, I would say the positives seem to be finally outweighing the negatives. Um, a team that is, uh, is is feeling pretty good about themselves right now is Orlando. Yeah. Actually, that's a good link because I was going to say, well, if you like defenders running in to score goals, um, <laughs> everybody's favorite hometown hero, well, not hometown hero, but everybody's favorite hero, Schlegel, comes oh, in. Oh, yeah. Um. I thought, you know, Columbus played a, a decent game early on and certainly had chances, but just looked a little bit ragged and, and not particularly sharp. And then Schlegel comes running into the box to find the, the second ball that Columbus can't deal with to score. Um, and then uh, Kara scores one off of a really brilliant play of just Orlando, soft, crisp, one-touch passing. And the Columbus defenders are just sort of like standing there watching it all happen around them. Two spellbound. Um, ping, 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 great, ping. Great goal. Great build-up play. Um, I I don't know. Is it, Should we be as surprised that Orlando is doing this well? They're second in the Eastern Conference just behind Philadelphia with 14 points. Defensively, I thought this was a very mature performance. Um, I thought they had things locked down well. Um, Columbus had chances. They weren't clinical, but Columbus certainly had chances. There was a lot of late pressure. Where, you know, does Orlando deserve to be where they are? Do you think this lasts? Yeah, I do. Because I think that, I think that Orlando have have been, you know, the East has been tough and, and Orlando has been, you know, in and around that top mix for a while without being able to make like the most of it, but I do think that they have, um, like, you know, you look at where they're at now, it's like, well, they could also have been, what is it? Like if, if they were as 
a position down or, 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 you know, in third or fourth, they've been in second or third or fourth, basically all last season. Um, it's just the idea that they are, you know, two points off first and two points off, you know, they're, they're basically joint lead in the league is, is, you know, they haven't necessarily been in that superheated, uh, point when it comes to the supporter shield. It's very early, but I think that, um, the, it's good. They've been doing well. Pato is good. And, and like when it's on, it's on. And it's been like that for a couple of years, but the question is going to be to see, you know, what sort of, um, of consistency that they can, they can keep that way. Yeah. And I, and I really feel like, you know, our only real criticism of Orlando last season was just that defensively they could still be really liable and to see them put on a performance like this against a a really good side. They've only given up seven goals this season. Um, That's pretty good across the Eastern conference. I mean, it's pretty good across, across both conferences. I feel like they've finally found the right mix of things, but as you say, of course, it's like, can you, I don't think it's a question of, do they make the playoffs? It's a question of, can they hold together and continue to do this kind of thing and, and push themselves into that next level that we all sort of think they're capable of. Um, you, one of the, the teams, you know, New York city has not necessarily had the easiest go of it here to start. Uh, and it has felt like maybe they have, you know, needed a, a real statement win to try and, you know, raise their morale as they were sitting at, <laughs> One win, three losses, one draw. Well, um, RSL uh, RSL visited Yankee Stadium and, and helped provide that for them. Yeah, they sure did. Um, there's not being ready for things. <laughs> and then there's whatever the hell this 6 nothing throbbing at the hands of New York City was. Um, Four was... goals for Tati Castellanos. Yeah, with when with one game enters the golden boot race because he had not scored yet this season. So, uh yeah, it really. You sometimes, sometimes though, sometimes when you score your hat trick and two of the goals are penalty kicks, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. And then the fifth, the the third goal, I feel like it's fifty fifty on whether or not that's a own goal. But he still did quite well. He still did quite well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I definitely, I, I think your point stands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the, like, I don't think RSL played great by any stretch. I mean, how could you possibly make that argument? But I also sort of feel like this was the performance that you knew City had within them, and you couldn't quite figure out why it wasn't happening. Um, but I. I have a feeling RSL is not going to be the last team to get bulldozed like this um, mm. from New York City FC. It, it, it wasn't a great performance from RSL. They've been, you know, they've been okay. You know, they're sixth in the West and they've been sort of halfway decent. But defensively, I think it's fair to say there needs uh, there needs to be some work done there. But you're right. I think that some of these goals are like, yeah. <laughs> At least one of them is maybe a, a 50-50 PK, but at that point, does it really matter? Not yeah. to Castellanos. No. And Tiago Andrade had good ones. Two great yep. goals as well. It's, it's uh, let it not be overshadowed. Yeah. 
another team that was able to get a big confidence boosting win was uh, our old friends Inter Miami. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't even know how that was yeah, possible. Like, what do you even say about this game other than it shouldn't have happened? It shouldn't have happened. We need to. We need a full investigation into how this and happened. It, and this was a home game for Seattle as well. Um, Robinson gets the lone goal. Seattle huffed and puffed. I think that they had Champions League action earlier. Did they not? Uh, I don't know if that happened immediate. Like that same. Yeah, they did. They they. It may be a little bit of hangover from going to. Uh, they had gone to Red Bull Arena to face play New York, New York City because obviously, you know the 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 because champions of the reasons. league, the champions of the league don't have a stadium. Um, the <laughs> the uh, that they that they can book things like that and and one on uh, and one on penalties on the Wednesday and then it came back on the Sunday. Um, don't no, they came on the Saturday. It was uh, that's that's unique. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they. They came home to uh, to Lubenfield and and had that party um, spoiled by Miami. Um, you know, Phil Neville jumping around like he needed he needed some good news. That man. And you know what? Fair play for for as much guff as we've given them. Like I don't think you're going to call this a vintage Seattle performance, other than they vintagely started the MLS season quite poorly. But Miami, need, but Miami needed a win, and they went out and they got it. And I think that that is a positive sign for them because That's true. Uh, I felt like it was, yes, it's an opportunistic smash and grab, but like many teams go to Seattle even early in the season and are not able to do that. So fair play to them. Um, it's a good goal. Again, not not the most outstanding performance probably from either side, but God did Inter Miami need uh, need a win. This is sort of like, you know, equivocating logic for the team that, that hasn't happened to them. But you might you might perhaps say, well, it as you say, it came after a Champions League game. And also, um, it didn't it didn't come to a conference rival. Yeah, um, you may you may feel that that <laughs> makes it a little bit better. Um, but uh, but yeah, cross into the middle for Robinson. Um, Seattle's been having a weird up and down one. A lot of a lot of people have, a lot of teams have been starting strange, and uh, and they're certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this kind of goes on a, a theme of a lot of nil nil draws from this most recent week. We had Atlanta Cincinnati draw nil nil. The only real notable thing there is this un- really unfortunate right Achilles injury to Brad Guzan. Buddy, oh, no. do I ever heck and feel for you? I, I mean, he's out for at least a season, but oh no, they, they are very tough injuries to to recover from, as I could tell you all about. Um, so our thoughts for uh, and well wishes for a speedy recovery to him. You don't want to see it, um, but they are able to still hang on for a. Uh, nil-nil point against Cincinnati. They just can't seem to get Cincinnati <laughs> for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. The It seems like the one of the worst MLS clubs historically just seems to always be able to get something out of Atlanta. It's been tough. Um, I was also going to say with Atlanta, Sorry, they also ahead. had that. Um, they were unfortunately the uh, the ones to, to be posterized by that amazing Olympico by Charlotte. Yeah, that's right. That 
uh, Screamer from Charlotte the week before. Uh. Um, and then we also had uh, Houston draw with Portland nil nil, New York Red Bulls draw with Dallas nil nil, Chicago drew nil nil with LA uh, LA Galaxy that is. Um, and and not a ton to report from any of those matches. I, I thought that they were kind of just like. <laughs> As you would expect from nil-nil draws, teamers were kind of evenly matched, none of them playing particularly well or well enough to get past each other. And and also, I think, still, like, trying to find the gears this early on in the season. Like, teams that have had decent results and decent performances, but, you know, it's, it's a hectic start to the season. And it, sometimes you just got to go on the road and grab a point and lock the door behind you. It's uh, it's Yori Alcivar that scored the the Charlotte goal, the amazing uh, the amazing goal of the week. Somebody somebody's got a picture of him here wearing a crown. Um, yeah, no, that nice. uh, it's it's still early. You know, when you look at games like that, it's it's just there's a lot of of getting things in place and trying to to really work out your rhythms. Um, we had this uh, in in week six. We had this. This, uh, there was a, a a medium amount of effort spent in trying to promote the um, El Trafico. It was, it was pretty. Yeah. It, as El Trafico goes, I think it was like fine. Um, Chicharito scores early, the farmers of the header, and Kilabali scores, um, like basically in the same place. Yeah. I wonder uh, what what makes LA particularly is it is it just this was this is the strategy that's working for LA Galaxy more broadly because I know that that is in a sense uh, Chicharito's office or is this a a place where you can you can get LAFC if if you uh, if you have the ability to do it? I mean, probably a bit of both. I, I would think um, it's certainly Chicharito's bread and butter, as you said, but. Yeah, LAFC is certainly not uh, impenetrable, and um, and I gotta say, and I, I'm not saying this to be bitter or anything, but I thought Kripo's not been so great. <laughs> you know, like I think he's I think he started really strong, but I, I don't I can't really honestly say he's played his best soccer in an LAFC jersey so far this season. But not I'm not I'm truly not trying to like heap it on him or anything like that. Um, I, I just mean that as like, it, it's possible to score against LAFC. Vela hits the keeper and it bounces up for a rebound, but it, uh, that, that ends 2-1. But as you noted, then you come to this week, LA uh, Galaxy don't uh, don't get anything more than a point. And um, LAFC, I felt, worked out some of those emotions against Sporting mm. Kansas City. Did they ever... I just wanted to go back to the Galaxy game for one second. Yes. I, I forgot there was one thing from it that I wanted to point out, which was that L.A. has played really, really well. Um, which the, one? Gal- Galaxy. <laughs> Galaxy. <laughs> have, I think Galaxy have been pretty good. Um, Chicharito scored a goal that was called offside, but I don't think it was obvious. So they could have gotten something out of the Chicago game. But my main takeaway from that game was that Chicago Fire held their ground against a very informed Galaxy, and that is significant. Not just because of all of other all of um, the other results for Chicago this season so far, but this was a 
a really well-organized side, a Galaxy team that was raring to go, ready to score goals. Technically, they sort of did, but Chicago were able to to hold on. So I think that's a noticeable difference from firesides that we've seen in the past, is when they're not winning, they've been losing. <laughs> um, so it's a good point for them. Noted. I'll keep my eye on that. I, I will add them to my, to my watch this watch this space list. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, uh, you come to this RSL game and that's the one we, we had already sort of mentioned that, that it's sort of, things are looking weird for the, the, the Peter Vermees bunch mm-hmm. starting out early. Um, you have, it's Russell who starts with a, a tough, but good run and ending with a tight angle shot, probably deflected in, um, it looks like there was also a goal here um, where Mealy was fouled by two LA guys and the goal was disallowed. I don't know if this was before or after that first one, the first LA one. Oh. Uh, but it was like like a ball, a high ball is coming in and two attackers just sort of like physically move into the place where the goalkeeper is standing mm. but don't really try to jump for it at all. I think you can do that. It sucks. I don't like it, but I think you. Can, I've had. I think. I think you can. I think you can do that. Well, it was disallowed, and then. Oh. Um, <laughs> Never mind. And then L.A. Uh, just, just L.A. hit this. I don't know if that was when exactly that would have been. L.A. hit the woodwork on a cross shot combo, and it drifts back. But this time it's so. But they, you know, sort of launch it right back in and get the the two-touch play for a header um, to make it 1-1. That's Tajuri Shraddy's goal, I think? No, that's the first one. That's, uh... I have that as a, as a Rango, yes. Oh, as a Rango. I think I have my goal scorers in opposite order. Yeah, it pings around, and then and then that's at the end of the first half. Then Tajuri Shraddy! Yes, I think this is, is this his first of the new season in, in his new black and gold jersey. Ooh, I want to uh, say I'm looking. Okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm also. Uh, I'm also checking this myself, but I think that this. It's my first time I uh, that I can think of hearing his name called. No, it's in fact it's the second he scored as a sub against Miami. Um, but yes, to jury shot he gets the 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 go ahead goal and Sifuentes scores to make it three one. Um, holds on the Tajiri Shirati goal is a half volley, which is just tremendous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that firmly puts LAFC still, uh, at the top of the table. Yes. With, uh, 16 points, 17 goals for seven goals against 10 goal difference. You want to know another team that has that same stat? Oh, Austin. Wow. Um, it feels like there's been a bit of like Twitter brouhaha about Austin recently. I guess people are taking issue with, as always, the MLSsoccer.com guys not, I guess, showing enough respect or thinking more highly of Austin. Um, I don't know. I feel like their criticisms have been fairly fair, but I don't think Austin would or should care 
too much because they are where they are, second in the West, and um, you know their most recent result against DC. DC United goes up two goals um, through Ola Kamara. This one for me is my like that's so MLS moment. (laughs) Ola Kamara scores two goals and then receives a second yellow for a, a, a bad foul. And because he took his shirt off for his first goal, he gets sent off. Here's what I'm going to say. The shirt penalty is bad. The shirt, the shirt yellow is bad. It It is bad. And if you have an undershirt underneath it, it feels particularly stupid. Like, I mean, not, not that I care, but I'm just sort of like, what is the offense exactly? <laughs> like, what are we, why that? Like, can, can if you can take your cleat off, and like pretend to phone home, like <laughs> yeah, like like it's all based on just like this weird argument from like three years ago that nobody remembers, um, and or not from three years ago, but from even longer than that, like like just this stuff from the nineties about people being too you know excited about abs or whatever. It's nonsense. I hate it. It is nonsense. However. It's certainly a rule Ola Kamara knew about, and his the challenge that sees him sent off is bad. <laughs> like, it, it's not, you can't haul down a player like that, and so I feel like it's a fair sending off, and Austin says, thank you very much. We will take this opening. <laughs> we will take this opportunity to get back into the game, and they score three goals unanswered. Druisi scores another great goal. He's in great form. Austin's good. I don't think anybody has really challenged that idea and maybe just not been as on top of it or aware of how good they are and can be. But, um, yeah, this is okay. Actually, this is where I was going to, maybe I'm also still just being froggy because of this, this people being judgy about the, the, the t-shirt yellow. Is this a little, this is, this is another sort of like, you know, reach around and, and, a shoulder tug situation. A f- yeah. A full yellow? Do you see somebody get a yellow every time they there's a little tug? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's I a- think there's I think there's an initial challenge where he's getting tangled up with them. I see intent there. Like he's making no attempt to play the ball. Um and holding a player like that in an attacking position. Yeah, that's a yellow. Alright. I just I thought I'd be contrarian about that. that you know, stand <laughs> I up, mean, stand up for the if, unjust. If your point up. is you see that kind of thing not called, then yes, you are correct. Uh, it certainly has been allowed in other circumstances, but I, I would err on the side of like, you know, if you're the defender, you have to make some attempt to play the ball or successfully challenge, not just t- tangle a player up and yank them back so they can't do anything. That makes sense. Um, I also want to call attention to the fact that this third goal from Austin is an amazing um, back heel. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had a back back heel goal, I think, yet this season. So thanks to them for getting us off the mark with that. Thanks to Gabrielson. Ruben Gabrielson for for delivering that one. Yeah. Um, Who else do we have to... Who else? Who else's position has not? Um, the Texans, the other Texans, are the other Texans are floating around fourth and fifth right now. 
Yeah, it's getting a little crowded between the Texas teams uh, <laughs> near the top of the table. Um, and and Alliteration, very similar, I like it. Yeah, very similar results. Uh, both Dallas and Houston have seven games played, three wins, one loss, and two or, and three draws. Um, and both have also scored ten goals each. Um, defensively, Dallas has been the stronger side. Um However, I, <laughs> it's certainly notable that you've got all three teams in such a good position. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I, I'm admittedly still thinking Dallas has a, a bit more to them, um, a, a few more gears to go. But honestly, all three look like really good, no? Yeah, that uh, um, the, the Colorado one, I already mentioned the Cervania goal, which was outstanding, but there were two great goals from Ferrara, Fer, Ferreira in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus... I mean, for me, it... sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, Hazy's for her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, if you're, you know, a, a Colorado or a Seattle or a Portland and maybe even a Nashville, well, probably <laughs> reverse order that. But you're looking at those clubs that you probably thought, like, ah, maybe they'd be a little further down the table. And, you know, those Texan teams still have to do their business and stay up there. But it starts to make things a little bit sweatier for those teams below the playoff line that need to find results, and the teams above them, you know, I think it looks like a a bit of a mix-up from last year. You're like, wait, how how is Houston and Dallas so high up in the table? Um, But you don't want to be in a position where it's harder to dethrone teams like that, um, that have just gotten off to a better start and especially two teams that defensively have been pretty sound as well. Um, going to be causing a lot a of problems. Many things can happen. But... Going to be causing a lot of problems for someone. Yeah. Um, I also thought, uh, speaking of Colorado, um, I found that their match uh, with Minnesota was particularly mm-hmm. spicy. It was a spicy one. Um, this is like, look, if you're going to get sent off, Get it rescinded. <laughs> um, I'm... Jack Price is shown a red, but it's varred away because he just is so incredulous about it. But I think it was the correct call. That I mean, it was a it was a a a, a good strong challenge, shall we say? But he is uh, it does come back, and he's just shown the yellow. The difference between a straight red and a and a and a yellow in a situation are so interesting to 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 consider because it's like. You're right. Yeah, there's no, there's no studs. It's just sort of a, and I guess it's also judged that he tries to, um, like he tries to play the ball and he doesn't. The 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 player he's he's tackling um, does control the ball first. I think was kind of the reason given for that. Hmm. Um. Yeah. But they certainly, if it's, it looks like that is a sequence of of. Four yellow cards for Colorado in ten minutes, which is like, whew. Um, mm-hmm. you 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 create some problems for yourself when you um, when you start to card collecting in that way. Um, the great great cross from Reynoso to Debasi to get the header to set things up for um, for uh, for Minnesota. I have it written down here. How that ball makes it all the way past every defender to Rubio, I do not know. Um, 
it may have been that he was offside, uh, but that was ruled to not be the case. Yes, and I believe this is the goal where there's a, a foot out to play the ball and an attempt to play the ball, and that might be one of the things keeping Rubio onside. For, I don't know. For my money, he does... The, the defender does touch it, I yeah. think. Yeah. And yes. That puts him on side, so it, it uh, levels up at 1-1. And at that point, you're sort of thinking, like, all right, Colorado, doing the thing, getting back in it, holding their ground. Um, but before we get into how things change, it should be said, Dane St. Clair in this game, like, if they gave out goals for spectacular saves then this game would have been 6-1 because Dane St. Clair just held shit down. That's amazing. He's re- Some amazing saves. He's, he's doing really well. I also wanted to say about the Diego Rubio goal, Atiba was onside. That is all. <laughs> Noted, the record will forever show that Atiba was onside. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Dane St. Clair did great. Um I would say that this early in the season, it could be, you know, early to tell, but I haven't heard much of Robin Ludd these days, and he scored a cracker, I felt, yeah. at uh, 77 minutes to make it 2-1. Um, to, you know, with, thanks to a laser cross. Yeah, that who, I forget who the cross came in from, but that was another good one. It reminded he, me a bit of, like, Reynoso's just precision and efficiency of whipping a ball in. The the assists are from Hassani Dotson and, and Reynoso, so I think it was Dotson because I think it was Reynoso on the first one, right? That would make sense. Um yeah. and then two minutes later Lud sets up Abu Denladi for the um to make it three one and that'll be that'll be all for that. That will be all for that. Colorado struggling. I know that you know Rapids fans, we know you want a DP. <laughs> we know you want a striker. We know. I, I I think so many of the pieces continue to be there, but, you know, Minnesota's finding their feet um, when Reynoso's playing well. Everybody else seems to play well around him. But for me right now, Dane St. Clair, like, saves like that just give you so much confidence. Um, and and he's playing well beyond his years. So another lights-out performance from him. It's a good one. Um, yeah, I would say that... that... If you're in Colorado's position, you want to just sort of like, obviously things aren't going exactly the way that you would want. Um, you're, I think it's incumbent on you to um, to keep picking up a couple goals now and then, or, you know, a couple points now and then. Make sure that you're hanging around the playoff places um, or just underneath the line by the time that you are finally able to kick it in. Or you get that big TP everybody wants. To be sure. And above them, they'll be having to look at Nashville, who, as you note, doing pretty good. Yeah. It's true. I feel like... Oh, we also had um, New England one as well. That was a another good win for them. 2-1 over Charlotte. Nothing too outstanding from that one, I think. Um, or it's got the goal for... Uh, Charlotte, and um, I forget who scored for New England. But they I th- find themselves no longer basement dwellers, and they're climbing up the table to 11th. I think that, that um, if you had to ask me what one of the biggest surprises, um, it's 
It's Tito T.D. Ortiz with an amazing shot from outside the box, I believe. No. Ortiz. Did I say Oritz? Oops. <laughs> um for that uh for that one. Um I would I'd say that I one of my biggest surprises so far this season is that you have the number eleven attached to New England and it's in front where they're they're positioned on the table and not after in terms of their point total. Oh spicy. That's the that's that you um just that's uh that's maybe a hangover situation what whatever you want to call it they need to uh they need to kick it into gear as much as anyone i think yeah no i agree i think that i i think that's i think we've uh we've given a good moment to everyone i think that's the that's the state of things right. That's that's the state of things across the league. Um, and I would say, like, you know, I'm having fun with it. I'm especially given Vancouver's performances. I've actually been really enjoying, you know, being able to go look at other games and be like, huh, son of a bitch, look at Houston go. Like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. It's, been... it's kind of funny that I like asked. I was like, before we talked, I was like. Oh, I'm coming to Vancouver. Do you want to see like Hess game? You're like, I can't remember the last time I went to one of those. Yeah, yeah, truly, it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, so that has been that has been good. Um, I've been tracking the uh, a little bit of the Canadian Premier League. Um, I watched the first Halifax game. Um, against York, uh, York United. Where they had the amazing um, buzzer beater finish uh, in last season, so everybody was sort of like, "Well, what are you gonna do this time around?" This time, pretty good game. Uh, one nothing. Um, the goal. I'm gonna have to look back up where the goal came from. Um, but I would say that the big inflection point on the season has been um, what is. What's the ser- uh, these these two games with um, Forge playing Pacific at Starlight Stadium and losing two one? Um, as we know, Forge made up a uh, made a, a couple of key pickups that were Pacific players, so um, that would have been in that rematch of the the Campiel final. That would have been um, fun for fun for Pacific to have happen, um, mm-hmm. and they've then tied 2-2 against Calvary. So those are those are definitely three of the teams that are always being considered in in, in as, you know, heavyweights. Um certainly Atletico Ottawa who had had uh in two games has had a better start than they um had had recently with a pair of one nothing wins against Cavalry and, and Halifax. So um all sort of early doors here uh in the world of Canadian Premier League. Um D. Oh yeah, it was Joel Morelli scoring on the fifty-third minute um, to make it to make it happen. Mateo Hernandez getting sent off in in at a time uh, against in the in the York Halifax season opener. Um, the Canadian Premier League Vancouver extension expansion side is going to be in Langley. That's right. They're going to play in this in the stadium up there. I don't know. Initially, I was like, initially, I was surprised at this because I think that that you and I have talked a little bit about how, like, you know, especially with some people experiencing a little bit of white cap fatigue, it's like 
well, maybe we might want to, you know, um, turn to the Canadian Premier League. And, and that's challenging for people in Vancouver right now. Mm. But mm-hmm. in terms of getting to the island, but I think that one of the things that's, that's interesting that they have accomplished um, is that I kind of think that they have, in putting a team on the island and putting a team now in the Fraser Valley, uh, they have claimed essentially like the two main constituencies of people who found it a pain to get to Whitecaps games. Yeah. And it's not like they found it easy to get into town to go to a Whitecaps game, right? So, you know, if if people have to, to hike out to see their team, I mean, obviously the markets are there. Um, so it, it's great for them. Admittedly, you know, as a person who lives smack dab in the middle of Vancouver, I'm like, well, I don't know how often I'm going to get out to Langley, but... You know, I certainly appreciate lots of people make the effort to go the other way. Yeah. Um, the Do we know yet? Is the Challenge Cup still on? Um, I've been catching up with that. I'm trying to uh, to um, keep it rolling when it comes to the NWSL season of the Challenge Cup. Watch a little bit of uh, Portland, but I'm... I'm uh... I'm still trying to keep my eye on that as it continues. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like there's, I mean, there's a lot going on generally, but in <laughs> soccer especially, there's just so much happening. Um, I believe recently Rain clinched the semifinal spot and Washington Spirit continued to do well. It's still happening. It's still happening. God, the, the Wave have a cool looking logo. That is all. <laughs> I think people know by now we're a jersey and logo show as much as anything. So, oh my god! When I went right, to the we'll be, branding right, you will be with you. When I went to the Pride game, I wanted the I wanted more than anything in the world to get that um, the space jersey. The space jersey. They have a space jersey that's really really nice, and I have one in my hands. Oh. And I, I had one in my hands and I couldn't get the credit card to work and I still dream of that space jersey. Ugh. Yeah, that's a that's a sharp kit. <laughs> How much does one of those set you back? Uh, unfortunately, a fair amount. I'm shopping. <laughs> I I am um I am looking at somebody on Facebook Marketplace is selling a uh the the GQ nominated uh, best male fashion item that is the the black Canada jersey that you can't get anywhere. Ooh. So I'm gonna try and get, gonna try and lay my hands on one of those. Um, because you know I would rather do you know I can for the same price buy on Facebook Marketplace uh, an actual jersey as I can buy one of the the shirtsy T-shirts on the Canada Soccer website. The shirts, which they're selling uh, for sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah, we don't love that. No. Well, that that sort of brings us up to date. Uh, until next time, where can we find you online? You can find me online on Twitter at Team Bates www.team-bates.com. Where can we find you? 
You can find me over at the Orlando Pride Online store scoping out Marta jerseys. I mean, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at That's So MLS. You can find this show at That's MLS.com, obviously Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us out. It's nice to see so many of you back with us again this season listening. Um, and, of course, anytime you, you engage with an episode on any platform, it helps us out. It helps uh, people find the show and all that. Thank you. Until next time, don't get sent off. But if you're going to get sent off, get it vard so that you don't actually get sent off. <laughs>